podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DNF1 podcast. I hope you're doing very, very well in the difficult times that we're facing, but we still have a podcast going there to hopefully entertain you for the next 45 minutes or an hour or so, whichever is longer. Um, so my name is Adam Burns and joining me once again is my co-host Courtney Pine. Good evening, ladies and gents. How are you doing, Courtney? Are you all dealing with everything, everything that's going on in the world at the moment? How's uh, yeah, it could be better, could be worse. Can't complain, really, overall. We've got it a lot better compared to a good fraction of people, so I'm not going to dwell Yeah, self-love. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those difficult situations at the moment. I feel like we need to take every opportunity that we can, first and foremost, to stay safe, look after ourselves, our friends and our family as much as we can, doing our part, and uh, also to try and keep our spirits up and use every opportunity that we can to lift those when we get a chance. To be honest, that's what I aim to do. Uh, yeah. that, that's going to be my mission through this, is to keep morale high. I'm, I'm going I'm to be like the male version of Vera Lynn. That's going to be my aim. <laughs> people, people are going to hate me for it, but I'm going to be on their case, and I'm going to be checking up on them, and I'm going to be sending them memes and shit jokes to keep their spirits up and also put um, silly stories up on my social media as I do anyway that's it exactly you know got to keep that going and also on the DNF1 social media as well which there we go. for those of you who don't know or aren't watching this on podcast on YouTube as we will usually display our social media handles on there for those of you listening to Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or other major podcasting platforms we are the DNF1 F1 podcast and our social handles are on Twitter we are DNF1 underscore podcast and Instagram, we're also DNF1 underscore podcast. On YouTube, we are DNF1-F1 podcast. So you can follow us on there. And uh, yeah, as I said, on the Instagram one in particular, Courtney's got great rep- repertoire, I should say, of memes very and of uh, stories. So we'll keep you entertained. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, yeah, moving on to the topic. Let's talk about what's in the news. Yeah, let's talk about the news. <laughs> So we're Let's calling... go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to try and be, be upbeat. As you can tell, yeah. we're probably feeling a bit flat at the moment as everyone is, but hopefully by the end of this, we'll be feeling a lot more better. I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep the Harry Kane um, impressions. <laughs> yeah, so, so the first thing we want to talk about in the news is more and more races have been postponed, unfortunately. Now, we expected this to happen, and... There's quite a few on this list that have been postponed. So I'm just looking through on my phone with this list now. So I've put the pad away this week. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to have some dust in it by the time. <laughs> no, I'm, well, the pad, I might have to do some scribbles in there. I mean, next week, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about a bit later on. There's going to be some stuff in there that's going to be really exciting. And we're looking forward to sharing that with you. There we go. But that will be later on. So you'll have to wait for that. As I um, scroll through, I just want to give you a little picture of how me and him look seeing as we don't have cameras. I don't know if you know the uh, the gif of the um, the dog. He's sitting at the table and there's flames roaring around him. And he just sits there and he takes a sip of tea and goes, this is fine. I think it sums up the current mentality, doesn't it? Yeah, this except this week we're not drinking tea. We're actually uh, drinking Magnus this week. It's, uh, it's what I had in the fridge. Yeah, we, we got we got sick of Corona. I think we're all sick of Corona. Yeah. I figured I'd go for a bit of a change this week. We weren't really feeling in the mood for that. Anyway, so, yeah, some of the races have been postponed this week. Uh, we're still in the news on F1 announcing the Dutch Grand Prix in Sanford, the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona, and the Monaco Grand Prix as well is also going to be postponed. And there was a statement that came out saying, Formula One and the FIA continue to work closely with affected promoters and local authorities to monitor the situation and take the appropriate amount of time to study the viability of potential alternative dates for each Grand Prix later in the year should the situation improve. Formula One and the FIA expect to begin the 2020 championship season as soon as it's safe to do so after May and will continue to regularly monitor the ongoing COVID-19 situation. Now this was in response to the Monaco Grand Prix being postponed and 
This is the first Monaco Grand Prix that's going to be missing from the F1 calendar since 1954, which is a real massive blow to uh, the organisers and everyone involved and F1 fans. I mean, the Monaco Grand Prix has never been one that was always remembered for uh, amazing overtakes or amazing... No. Battles, which it's usually the spectacle. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. I mean, you've got a few battles you've, over the years. You had the Senna versus Mansell battle in, in the nineties last season as well. You're right uh, with Lewis Hamilton holding off Max Verstappen. Uh, Ricardo, the redemption oh, yeah. race where he held off Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton brilliantly in a car that had lost its ERS, which is basically the equivalent of 160 brake horsepower, which would power a family saloon car very nicely, as Martin Brundle often says. <laughs> when talking about the ERS battery. So it's had many exciting races over the past, Monaco, and it's a real shame that we're not going to be able to see it this season. Um, but given the current climate of the situation, I don't think that was really... Was it viable? No, it wasn't possible to do that. Since then, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix has also been postponed as well. That was announced, funny enough, today, as we're recording this on Monday. And I'm also hearing rumours, and I saw this on a page, Hot Lap Mode, who... They sponsor the online esports leagues that I commentate on. And these guys are really good. As I've said in previous podcasts, these guys are really good for news. And very, very often, they hear a lot of rumours or stories that they put out, and it usually tends to come true. So they're very much on the ball, have the inside track, into, literally, <laughs> pun intended, on uh, what's going on in the F1 world. And they have this to say. So they put a post on their Instagram page. And if you want to follow them, it's hot lap mode, all one word. So give them a follow, really that. good... Really good guys do a lot of great work and they're really, really well informed. And they say, in response to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix being postponed, is the organisers of the Canadian Grand Prix and also the French Grand Prix as well have decided to postpone their races and the official announcement should arrive in the next few days or perhaps even next week. That's almost half the season gone. Well, it is, yeah, because... Uh, I think is it the French Grand Prix? No, it's not the French Grand Prix before the summer break. It's usually hungry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's usually hungry, but it's closing in on those races. And I mean, Chase Kerry responded with a statement on this, saying, "Look, when the situation improves, sorry, we will be ready to race." As simple as that. And this is the difficult thing because right now, what we're seeing, and it's similar to other sports as well, that despite the efforts and despite the situation evolving and changing all the time, it's becoming very, very more or less likely, or say very less likely, I should say, that we may not get a season at all. There is that fear that we may not get one because of this situation and it may become too congested to fit a season in. Well, they must have it in the back of their minds for them to um, delay the change of regulations. Well, it's funny you should mention that because that was going to come on to my next point, yeah. actually, where... There was a meeting last week between the F1 bosses. Strangely enough, Toto Wolff did not attend this meeting. James Allison attended in his place. Now, apparently, um, there wasn't a rationale behind this. It was just Toto was busy with other arrangements. He wasn't able to attend, so James Allison went instead. Which He's probably practising some esports. Well, that's it. <laughs> Toto, you never know, but we'll get on to that, of course, as to why that might be um, interesting to note. So from this meeting... Um, just reading from Andrew Benson's on a BBC F1 correspondent, or people might refer to him as OK Benson. Um, but he said the F1 bosses meeting had finished last week. There was two main conclusions. The flexibility on the calendar to get as many races into the year as possible, as, uh, sorry, as possible once the season can be restarted. And the principle of delaying 2021 regs to 2022 was agreed. Now just needs to go through the process in terms of details of how that will work. So the takeaway from that is the 2021 regulations that everyone has been talking about for a good couple of years now is going to be pushed back for another year, um, purely simply because we've got the 2020 cars ready to go, but we can't race them. And the way this season is going, we may end up in a situation where we may see either a very congested championship with these 2020 cars, and then the season after that, there won't be any development on these cars other than the in-season development that they'll be doing, and they'll just continue into 2021 with those. Or we may open a situation where we have no 2020 championship at all and just go the 2021 season with the 2020 cars. Did you get all that? Good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think people are confused enough about what's going on, let alone the taking the logistics of a Formula 1 season. I so, think the long story short yeah. on this is that everything's been pushed back a year in terms of the 2021 regulations, so those will now come into place in 2022. And also what's important to note with this is that the cost cap spending that they're going to review, that's not going to change. And that's interesting because this now gives the organisers an opportunity to dummy test this cost cap and then implement it into 2021. So it could be more refined. Absolutely. I mean, I was saying uh, as an accountant myself, the biggest flaw with the 2021 cost cap is that you won't be able to see if a team has breached these financial regulations when the financial accounts are published around summertime of 2022. Because they always usually report 18 months back. Right. So you're not even reporting from the financial year before. You're also reporting from the year before that or at least a certain period of it. And the problem with that is there's a potential for a team that could win a world championship and breach those financial regulations. But you won't discover this until halfway through the next season. And then what do you do? So... With that in mind, the fact that they've moved these regulations or postponed the 2021 rules to come into effect until 2022 gives them the option now to police this cost cap in 2021 so that when 2022 does come around and the new cars are available and they can start going, they will know before a a tyre or a wheel's been turned which teams have not complied with these financial regulations. Of course, we should state that this excludes the drivers, uh, the top three earners in the company, etc., um, etc. Et There's some other logistics involved. Is it, so it's more to do with um, money that goes into development. Absolutely. So yeah. we're not saying that this 175 million pound figure includes Lewis Hamilton's salary of around 50, 60 million, whatever his contract is rumored to be worth. If he does sign it for Mercedes, I don't see no reason why he won't. Obviously, of course, that's not really relevant as of now. Um, and plus a lot of contracts are going to have to be revised considering that only certain drivers are signed up for 2021 and of those some of them are only signed up for a certain period afterwards so the best to way to further. describe this whole situation is life is going to be on hold for a few months that's what it's going to be so yes. it's just the see how we all go on from there yeah we're going to have to cope best we can with this one and try to look after ourselves and make best of the situation we're in it's a very unprecedented situation I can't imagine Many people have been in a situation like this since perhaps those of you that are lived as long as perhaps 70 or 80, 70s and 80-year-olds. For those of you that do listen to the podcast, thank you very much. Hope you guys are staying safe wherever you are. But nothing like this would have happened since the Second World War, where in some ways the whole world kind of lost five years exactly. of everyday life. <clears throat> and I think it kind of ties us around nicely to the next point I think we should make. Now... We don't consider ourselves a voice of reason or influencers or anything like that. We certainly haven't got enough of a following to have, be considered yeah. influencers. Yeah. <laughs> we're ahead of our time, but no. Um, you know, we all got to start somewhere. But I think it's worth, while we have the microphone and we have control over what we want to put in these episodes, again, to talk about this issue with the coronavirus. It's something we didn't really want to talk about too much when we first mentioned this uh, about a month ago. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah we keep now it, it's, going back into it. Yeah, it's literally all that was going on. We went from a point where we went from Brexit to the coronavirus. There was literally like about... There, there was, but there wasn't like a like a, a, a gradual shift. It just happened overnight. Yeah, it just ha- literally happened, yeah. And um, I think we do need to talk about this issue because... and. Courtney, I'm sure you'll testify to this. I, I, I won't, I won't, actually no, I will, I, I will mention this. I was watching this uh, Good Morning Britain. I don't normally. I did this morning actually, um, so yeah. I don't normally, I, I, as I said, I work from home at the moment, um, as I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can work from home and it's not really hindered too much. And I'm very, very fortunate, so I can appreciate a lot of people not in that same position and I do sympathise with you all and I hope the best solution that you can find for what you need to do to go around your daily lives as best as you can can be found in this situation. But I was watching Good Morning Britain and I was talking, uh, I was listening to Piers Morgan talk about, or say talk rant, really. I think no, it's more surely not. No, well, Piers Morgan <laughs> ranting, who would have thought, yeah? Uh, but um, yeah, I don't really, 
care too much for his opinions because it seems to be what go one way or the other and it's almost a bit annoying really but on this occasion I will openly say to Piers that for most of what he was saying he was absolutely spot on in terms of what the public or certain individuals or small minority of people were not doing in terms of they were not following the advice given to them by the health authorities and the government in terms of how best to handle this situation and by that I mean a couple of video clips that came out that were surfaced over the weekend and it was Mother's Day weekend as well of people going in Victoria Park, in Richmond yeah. Park, having picnics, they were yeah. in hordes, in groups, people crowding into supermarkets in large groups, not respecting the social distancing or anything like that at all. And he basically said to him, like, he just questioned what they were doing. There was, there was, there was no reason for it. It was completely unnecessary. I mean, I saw that and it did anger me a bit mm-hmm. that I'm doing my best and Courtney, you're doing your best. And yeah, loads let's, of people let's, are. let's just uh, clarify before we uh, <laughs> go on a rant ourselves that <laughs> me and Adam are a safe distance away from each other. Yeah, we are respecting the two metre rule. Yeah. Um, sensible. Courtney did come, as soon as he came into my apartment, he did wash his hands straight away quite thoroughly did the 20 seconds and all that sang happy birthday twice or he I walked well, actually it was Vera Lynn actually so yeah. I walked <laughs> I, I walked here um, I kept a safe distance from you know other people it's just it's just the small things really like because you it, know I, I I I don't know if I've mentioned it before but I work on a city farm and I I, I, I was almost just baffled by the amount of people that were just going around and, and, and in groups like like it was just a normal I get it, it was a sunny day, people didn't want to be in. Like you, you need to be rational about it. You do you do need to have a balance. But to be so blase and to go around in groups and in an area which is staffed and you know, it's it's a it's a staffed team in which the animals rely on. If we get ill the animals could potentially be in jeopardy. It might it might sound extreme, and and I do not speak on behalf of the establishment I work for. I do want to clear this up. This is just my personal opinion. But I just thought, what what are you doing here? There's no reason for you to be in these droves when you could potentially not only putting your loved ones at risk, you could also be potentially causing a domino effect, which affects the lives of other people and the places that you visit. Well, I mean, as Courtney's saying that now, obviously we've got the TV on silent. We're just watching a video clip from Sky News talking about this coronavirus issue. Um, and in Battersea Park on Saturday, you can see images of people walking around in groups, people queuing up to buy ice cream, people on trains trying to go to work or travel or wherever they're going. Of course, we don't know where half of these people are going or travelling to. And so we can't really say, oh, they should be travelling. It may be a situation where they have no choice, they have to work or whatever. Or, you know, certain situations where they can't avoid that. But it's people walking in parks. It's people, you know, you can walk in a park. You could go out and do what you want to do. Not not in groups. It's people that that are in groups of as much as nine or ten people not respected this social distancing all the rules to you know to make sure that you're preventing yourself from catching this virus and it's almost one of those things where a lot of people will seem to go around with this attitude where not to target young people but because perhaps we're young fit and healthy yeah. men we're under the age of 30 we're active so I'd like to think that we're in the group or the criteria of people that's going to be least affected by this touch wood I think, but I I can I can be honest. I've only, you know, been taking this seriously in the past week or so, mm. and it, and it's it, it it hit home for me. And I don't understand why other people aren't picking up on this, but it hit home for me when I've seen, you know, senior managers and long term volunteers and colleagues of mine who work beside me for I've been I've been working at this place for seven or eight years, and they're just not there anymore. They can't come back for three months. Yeah. There's, that's when it's, you know how serious this situation is mm. hits home and we have a responsibility to be looking after these people because they all looked after us when we were younger No, and this is a true thing because as I said we belong to the group where we're lucky enough where this virus if it does affect us chances are we'll be fine we're not worried about yes. that yeah. and because of how it spreads and because of how it can infect one person to another 
And it was a great video that Channel 4 did to explain how this compared to the flu, how it spreads. And and I definitely recommend because it's really eye-opening with the facts. I won't go into it too much, but it's it's out there on the internet, so just look it up. But it kind of paints a picture as to how severe this situation is and that we're not appreciating it properly until now as a country. And we seem to have this really lax attitude where all we're really being asked to do is just keep our distance from people, stay at home unless you absolutely have to go out. And by that, I mean, if you're in a situation where you've got to work to make money, fair enough. I understand that if you've got no other choice and situation should improve to support people like that. And I sympathize. Or if you need to go shopping. But people that are walking around in their hordes or in their groups all together, laughing and joking, having picnics in the park, queuing up, doing this and everything else. And, and, also, that- and also, I'm going to raise... <clears throat> A story from one of our friends. Again, I won't. I won't name him. But he's he's he was work, he's working in a in a retail store, and there's loads of people in the shop, and they don't need to be there for for the goods that are provided for the you know in the company that he works for. There's no need for there to be that many people where he works. It is it is almost as if and, and Piers Morgan also raised it on Good Morning Britain that. It's as if we're taking, I'm not going to say we, the, the people with this attitude are, are, are defying it like we do with terrorists have attacked. Oh, yeah. we're going we're gonna, to, you know, just carry on as we're going to take the, the typical, because this was my mentality when I first heard about it, going to take that typical um, stiff upper lip British mentality, I'm not going to let this change our way of life, but this is a virus that just spreads, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a conscience, it's, it's not, it's not in a, it's not in a conscious battle against us, it's a virus. And it spreads indiscriminately. Yeah, I think we should make the point that you know we're great for this sort of thing. You know, we yeah. have a great attitude Absolutely. towards dealing with adversity, but yeah. there's a time and place for it. This is something where everyone around the world now needs to take this seriously, needs to do their bit. Now, I'm no doctor. I'm no medical expert. From the advice I've seen, logically speaking let's say hypothetically today, we all stayed at home, followed the guidelines, and prevented another person from being infected. The chances are, by that logic, we'd be able to be at a point where no one knew would be infected after a month. Hypothetically. Now, I might not, I'm probably not accurate on this, so don't take that as... We'd be ready to go racing in Azerbaijan, mate. That's how I can see it. But... And, but it, obviously the situation wouldn't change overnight where all of a sudden we just all re-emerge out of our caves or wherever you... I don't know I said caves, but re-emerge back into society and then everything just goes on as normal. Obviously we'd have to be careful about that so not to go through another phase of it. But we're at a point now where the herd immunity idea is not going to work. It's out the window now. <clears throat> That's gone. I, I wasn't even a fan of it anyway. Um, but why don't we? Like, I, I, I get it. It's, it's so you know, ironically, blows out me to say. But why don't we just get this done as soon as possible so we can all enjoy our summers? Well, this is it. In terms of meeting in hordes and being right next to each other and having picnics and everyone all touching the same things and not washing around properly. Everyone touching the same things. Oh, you dirty boy. Touching the same surfaces. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you get those to... swingers parties, people. Come on. That's oh, what well, about. well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put that one on hold. Poor Jurix. <laughs> there are other makes out there that we should sympathise. Uh, we should, sorry, emphasise. I don't want to keep saying sympathise. But yeah. But yeah, overall, everyone just needs to do their bit now. I mean, I'm getting tired of talking about this or getting angry at seeing videos of people not really giving a, a damn because if say, these are the same people that will start panicking and worrying. And more importantly, the reason why we have to do this, guys, is to look after the NHS. Now, yeah. if you're listening abroad, obviously, you know, as I said, it was Mother's Day this weekend in the UK. Um, Mother and Sunday, actually. It's Mother and Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Most Christians out there. I remember. <laughs> um, but we have to look after the NHS. We're not going to talk about the politics and stuff like that because, you know, that's well, not really what we're... We're on limited time as well. Yeah, that too. We'll be all day with that. Um, and plus, you know, it's not it's an F1 podcast. We should really get back to that soon. But yeah. we're in a situation now where we have to make sure that, you know, we're following the advice, we're being sensible. If we do feel a bit poorly, stay in, self-isolate, stop being selfish, guys, because there are some amazing people working in our National Health Service right now that are in a very, very difficult situation. 
very much struggling and it's going to get to a point now where they're already overwhelmed with cases of people coming in as I speak right now. This is going to continue to change and improve all, sorry, not improve, this is going to continue to change and get worse and worse for as long as we ignore the advice. And it's going to get to a point where there will be people that need help won't be able to get it. And that's the scary thing. And not to mention just them, people working on the front line, the healthcare workers, people that are actually going down, getting infected with the Mm -hmm. virus, that means less of them are going to be able to help other people. So the cases go up and the number of people to help them goes down. This is the situation we're in. So people, I'm going to plead with you now, as many of you are, if you were one of those people that went out this weekend into the parks and all that with your family and had a good old time, I understand the situation for it, but please be sensible. Stay at home, only go out if you need to, and if you do need to go out, just keep your distance from other people. And if you do feel poorly or feel ill, do not visit relatives or don't visit other people. But... That that's it now, that's it. That's done. So yeah, I got my yeah. last kebab on Saturday. That's it. Sweet. Other and some other restaurants are closing down tonight yeah. as well. So you know, yeah, my chicken right. shutting. They they gave me some free potatoes, you know. Did they really? Yeah, really nice of them. I have to go down there later. They gave me a little lift back. Oh, they gave me some free spuds. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> put that in. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, but we should talk about the um, Formula One influence on this. So mm. there was obviously a news story about the UK teams were helping out with ventilators and providing and. And are working on technology while they've got the time off. They're working on technology to help improve the situation in hospitals, to help improve things for patients and improve things for people that are fighting this virus at the moment. Um, you know, stuff like ventilators in particular, all the UK based teams. We should also mention Ferrari as well, mm. back in Italy, are helping to work on producing up to 300 ventilators a week, which is really a big, big. That is thing yeah. that Ferrari are doing so you know well done to them so putting those yeah. good brains to use whilst nothing's that's going it. on that's and, it and this is the amazing thing about Formula 1 to go back onto this is that these guys are the innovators of car technology and oh, road yeah. technology and people will say oh why don't we have cars that do this or do that the Formula 1 cars do a lot there's loads of reasons that that happens and we'll get into that in another podcast um, but because of that logic and the development rate that these Formula 1 teams have to work towards to produce the fastest cars on the planet week after week they're able to apply that logic and work ethic to develop these systems that can help for different other needs and it's great to see them all chipping in so for those of you right in the limit exactly exactly and you know it's it's brilliant with a goku flex (laughs) (laughs) with a goku flex yeah we should also talk about um some of the drivers of obviously how they've been dealing with this so carlos signs obviously not long ago on social media mentioned that he was feeling a bit poorly and he'd taken a test. Thankfully, he'd, uh, come, for, he'd come through as negative. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Funny enough, Lewis Hamilton, there was a story about him that he... I don't know if he'd had a test. I've got I've got something well, here he that he He came in contact with um, Idris Elba, didn't he? Yes, yeah, so, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Idris Elba, the AXA, came down with coronavirus. He was tested positive and he didn't even have any symptoms. Now, we don't know if his symptoms have developed since then. Yeah. Um, obviously, we wish him all the best. Well, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about not showing symptoms. You could, you could have it. Well, they say it can take up to ten days for a lot of people to de- start developing symptoms. So you, you could have it without realizing it. And Idris himself said he went to an event, the same event as Lewis, and may have caught it from there. Lewis himself had a statement to put out and he put it on social media and if obviously if that's okay, I would just like to read out what he said. Well, of course. So he went. So this is from Lewis Hamilton's uh, Instagram page. And he said, hey guys, I hope you're all staying positive and keeping busy and healthy because you're my best fans out there and I just want to thank you for coming out. No, that's a joke. <laughs> Not that part. Um, There's been some speculation about my health after I was at an event where two people later tested positive for coronavirus. One of them was Idris. I wanted to let you know that I'm doing well, feeling healthy and working out twice a day. Show off. I have zero symptoms and it's now been 17 days since I saw Sophie and Idris. I've been in touch with Idris and happy to hear he is okay. I did speak to my doctor and double-checked if I needed to take a test. But the truth is, there is a limited amount of tests available and there are people who need it more than I do. Especially when I wasn't showing any symptoms at all. See, what a guy. What, What a man. What a man. He goes on to say, So what I've done is keep myself isolated this past week. Actually, since practice was cancelled last Friday, which was the Australian Grand Prix practice, Mm. uh, from almost, uh, yeah, Friday before last week, 
and kept my distance from people. The most important thing everyone can do is stay positive, social distance yourself as best you can, self-isolate if you need to, and regularly wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Thank you for all the messages. I'm sending you positivity and love from afar. Keep safe. Hashtag Team LH. So that's our uh, reigning and defending F1 world champion, ladies and gentlemen, sending out the right message, really, to everyone. If you do feel a bit poorly, self-isolate, or if you feel like you might have come into contact with someone with coronavirus, self-isolate as well. The, the situ- government have put things in place for us to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the situation at the moment where people feel that testing is... Look, testing is a, is a solution, and testing is important for this and I'm hoping that the government and the powers that be will improve this situation in due course. Having said that, we have to understand that the situation is changing all the time and that we need to make sure that we're doing the best that we can, first of all, to avoid getting infected if we can help it and also to look after those that really, really do need the support and the help from but our then health that's, services. That, that's another reason why you know particularly younger people need to be responsible because we don't we don't want to be in a position I certainly don't I don't want to be in a position where I'm reckless and then I get it badly and then I'll take a bed away from somebody that needs it more than me and end up dying yeah it, it sounds I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if we're coming across as morbid because as Adam stated earlier on we wanted to avoid talking about this but in our own capacity, we can only try and drill the message as much as possible, really. No, that's absolutely right. And, and that's the only thing that we can do at the moment. So, yeah, guys, stay safe, follow the advice from the medical professionals, and be positive. If we all work together and do our bit, we can beat this. And it won't be long before we do, you know, if we follow the advice and not be selfish. And as I said, you can go out. Obviously, things are going to change quickly, so we have to keep an eye on the news. And I don't see why people can't go outside to get some exercise or go, you know, get some air or whatever. A lot of people have gardens and balconies anyway. True, true. But some people don't. But with that in mind, um, if you're able to do that, then you can you can then do that. And as long as you avoid contact with people and you you know you respect social distancing, then the situation should improve. We're at that point now where we've got no choice or we have to. That That's just a reality, yeah. guys. So hopefully, please stick to that advice. Anyway, so we've talked to quite enough about this. I do apologise. <laughs> this is an F1 podcast, but given the light of what's been going on, it is important there to There is no about. Formula 1 to talk about, so I guess. <laughs> well, we, we'll fill this with stuff in the future episodes, but we, this week's one is a difficult one to do anyway. But we'll persevere. So coming up in our next part, I think it's a good time to take a break now. We're going to be talking about some more positive stuff, actually. The uh, eSports series. And obviously... Sorry? I'm looking forward to this. Well, the eSports stuff, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might be. So we'll be talking about the eSports that's been going on this last week and obviously how that's changing and how you can do your part and what you can do to really enjoy what they've got on to offer because it's really helping me. I'm sure it's helping you, Court. So you can tell. Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, yeah... Grow, grab a drink, grab some food if you want, wherever you are, and uh, we'll join you on the next part of the DNF1 podcast. See you in a moment. See you in a bit. Okay, welcome back. Hope you're all well. This is part two of the DNF1 F1 podcast. So in the first part, if you skimmed over most of that, it was just me and Courtney having a rant about the coronavirus and how pissed off we are at what it's doing to the Love F1 Love a pair of grumpy old men. I think that's the way to describe it. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I think with the benefit of acknowledging and understanding... Yeah, understanding that the situation is quite dire and that there are some things more important than sport. And this is one of them. And I think in a weird way, not to go off too much because we just talked about this. Let's talk about that there. Sport seems to be the one thing that gets you through all these situations. You have terrorist attacks, you have famine, you have war or anything that goes on in the world that really upsets you on the news. Stuff that we tend to gloss over because we have sport to help get us through it. Yeah, it It unites people, doesn't it? Yeah, and it kind of... Even if it's football for an hour and a half or Formula One race for a couple of hours, mm. it takes your mind off of it. It does. And I think the big problem for us now is we don't have that. This is something... There's that, no escapism. No, there isn't. You, you know, and as I said, we didn't have a race in Australia and eventually that was the right call and I went off on a massive rant last week as to why that was the case and if you want to hear me rant about that, then tune into last week's podcast. It's still there on our Ooh. YouTube channel and Spotify well, and everywhere else so many plugs it could be the travel guide 
Anyhow, so moving on to the next part, and that's to talk about some good stuff. So yeah, let's do this. The one good thing, if you want to think of it in a, in a positive way, that's come out from this coronavirus situation is the rise and almost overnight this massive media boom that's focused towards the F1 esports series. Um, a few entities known the race, for example, we are the races they call themselves. Yeah. They started their own little esports weekly series where they've had two races for now, which have been quite good. I definitely recommend seeing those on YouTube. Um, there was also the one of Veloce Esports as well, yeah. where they've done not the Bar Grand Prix Grand and not Prix. the Oz Grand Prix. Um, the F1 done the official one. That's last right. Time. Yeah, yeah. They sit. Yeah. And also, Team Redline, I think. Yes. That's There's one tonight, because has Lando Norris and Max Verstappen. I think it's on at 9pm tonight. See, now it's funny you should mention that, because I'm pretty sure, for those of you that haven't seen this, there was a, a race that they did in the week as well, where they were going around the indie races in GT3 cars. Oh, yeah. And Lando Norris was right behind Max Verstappen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he bump drafted him, which basically, <laughs> for those who don't know what a bump draft is, is when you're literally in the slipstream with someone behind them, you're drafting them, but you tucked your cart right behind them to the point where you're bumping behind them and pushing them along the track. Lando did this to Max, but he did it with such a force that Max got sent spinning straight into the wall. It was quite hilarious. And Lando just stood there and I was like... He got away with it, though, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. Exactly, he was like... Oh dear. <laughs> and I just thought, I would love to have seen Max Verstappen's yeah, the reaction, view of that. Because yeah. I don't think Max would have been... Uh, what's the right word? Quite as... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's not my head. Quite, quite as... Uh, I don't know, chilled? Yeah. Chilled. I, I don't think Max would be quite chilled, that sort of incident. I'd love to have heard his thoughts on that one. Well, have been particularly given his heritage. I'm sure there have been a few F's and C's going on. I'm pretty sure old Super Super Max. <laughs> not going to play that song today. as much. Although that does lift our spirits playing that song. It when does. We, when it I does. edit these, Courtney puts that on in the background and it kind of just, <laughs> just gets into a mood where you have a little bit of a sing song. So you have can, a little Sweet Caroline. Or the Venga Boys. Oh yeah, bringing that one back was straight from the nineties. That <laughs> one, God, we have more cheese in a fondue set. That one, but oh, what, what a banger! That oh, such a great tune. But yeah, so the esports series, um, it has a big role to play. We did talk about this briefly in our last episode. I think we do need to talk about this a bit more in depth yeah. about the significance of esports racing, and it really, I think they've done a great job actually so far. I was watching the. Uh, Veloce race and you had a couple of the esports drivers uh, from the Formula 1 series like uh, Daniel Br- uh, Bresne, Bresne yeah. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Bresne James Baldwin world's fastest gamer as well Jimmy Broadbent Jimmy Broadbent absolutely massive racing YouTuber Super GT as well yeah. Tim at Marduk Arava you know so so many personalities representing the online medium of racing. It's not really exclusive just just the drivers, but then there are a few other drivers as well in there as well. As well. And funny enough, one of them was Nico Hulkenberg. It's good to see him back. So Nico Hulkenberg, um, for those of you asking, no, unfortunately Nico did not finish in the top three, so that podium still eludes him. Still yeah. eludes him in Formula One. Uh, Nicholas Latifi making his Williams he debut. He did quite well, didn't he? He did, yeah. He did too. So he did the Veloce race, which he did pretty well in. Yeah. Um, and then he also did the F1 race, which not so good. But yeah, Nicholas Latifi in an official F1 sanctioned race, not that it's worth anything in the championship, uh, made his debut for Williams on a PlayStation. Why not? It's, it's the times that we're living in. Oh, that's going to be an intre- that's going to be an interesting trivia question in the future. Saying where did Nicholas Latifi make his F one debut, and someone will say in his bedroom on a PlayStation, <laughs> <laughs> on a rig, driving around. Well, um, on a sim. Talking of rigs, um, someone asked because um, Valtteri Bottas sent a message out this morning on um, Mercedes Insta. Yeah. And someone asked when is Bottas going to do esports, and then Mercedes said we're trying to arrange. Um, he doesn't have a rig. So we're going to try to arrange to give him a rig. Yeah. So I'm hoping we get to see more of the current lineup. I think that's, part in that's one thing that F1 esports needs. So the esports yeah. is the F1 version. I think the problem is you've got so many great guys in the esports series, the F1 esports, and people say, I'll be cool to get them. But the problem is those guys are too good. Yeah. That's almost like getting all of the Formula 1 drivers together to take part in a charity series and involving... Um, Dave or Bob or Larry just driving around just running people just driving around in cars getting to race them it's just not 
fair. You want to see something fun. You want to see exciting. So as great as those guys are, the one thing that this eSports series needs is more Formula 1 drivers. Yeah. People like Charles, Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc maybe. I was, I was Max, Verst- Max Verstappen needs to be in this. So for Ferrari, they had Super Duty and Jimmy Broadbent, I think yeah. it was. Um, or something like Yeah, something like that. And a couple of other YouTubers as well. Get some F1 drivers in there because it was great to have them in. The best one... Um, I think you might agree with me if you haven't seen this already I do recommend it Johnny Herbert Johnny Herbert in the Alfa Romeo and the funniest thing happened is off the start his qualifying didn't go so well because on his qualifying lap he was in the final sector and he had that long right hander after the second DRS point in Bahrain and the car just kind of bottomed out and he binned it in the barriers hilarious and he ended up losing his lap and he started the race I think it was 16th he started after right. turn one, he ended up first. I was, I was, I was like, what happened? I, I kind of Do you know track. what happened? So, in all the chaos, where there's a few crashes between a few drivers, Nico Hulkenberg being one of them, unfortunately, uh, Johnny decided, instead of going through turn one at Bahrain through the hairpin, to go the scenic route and cut across the circuit completely, past everybody by corner cut, the biggest corner cut you'd seen in your life. This would make TMF Marduk proud, it was that good of a corner cut. And, yeah, he'd literally gone into the lead, and he was outright leading the race although he did get a 10 second time penalty but part of me was like Johnny why did you just become my hero overnight I thought it was hilarious it was literally I remember watching it and I thought I saw Matt Gallagher and he took his headset off because he was laughing so hard he couldn't have it on the audio (laughs) over all of the commentary it was so funny I was in stitches seeing that but it was great to see and I think and I think they even had Liam Payne driving with Liam yeah, from one direction he, he, he I, he, I think he had like one go in qualifying he's like nah mate this is the best I can do <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean Liam I'm not really a one direction fan but driving Formula 1 on online it's probably been a while since he's raced a Formula 1 game it takes in a lot fan. of we gave it a go last week over here and it takes a lot of well I'm pretty I'm pretty good I fancy myself on that with a bit of practice and a bit of consistency I reckon I could be I'd do alright I'd have to have all the assists on <laughs> well they allow people to have uh, different assists on yeah them. so some, obviously some people that were coming on that even that Ian Poulter he did the Veloce and the F1. Yeah, so Ian Poulter, a professional golfer, who's also an Arsenal fan as well. Yes, right then. Nicknamed the Postman, because he always delivers at the Ryder Cup. Mr. Ryder Cup mm-hmm. as well, for those golf fans out there. Um, can't say he managed to lick the stamp and send many. He's going to say he didn't send it, did he? No, he no. didn't really deliver this occasion. But it was really great to see him. And obviously Thibaut Courtois, the Real Madrid goalkeeper again, yeah. in the Veloce race. It's... It's kind of that dynamic. We've got loads of these celebrities that don't normally take part to see what they can do against some real-life F1 drivers and a few YouTubers in there in the mix. If you put that all together, it's got the potential for a great series. Of course, it was the first episode. It was like a beta version. But there were certain elements there that obviously if they refine it and do more and make it a better show, it will be a lot, lot better. Well, not only do you have the event itself you have all the content that's been made from the show with the YouTubers and stuff. yes absolutely so it's a lot of stuff for us to watch whilst we're at home board which I think and then obviously the next race actually I was, I was going to go off on a different point but the next race is the Australian one because there's no Vietnamese Grand Prix in, in two weeks time right I don't know if it's two weeks so I have to check the date I but think it might be two weeks time might no, be no, right to it, but I think it's two no, weeks no it might be right because there's no Vietnamese race and there's no race in Zandvoort so naturally they're going to go back to the Australian race in the uh, F1 esports series or the virtual Grand Prix as they like to call it so definitely check that out it's uh, on Sunday evenings they haven't announced the timing for the next one but they'll probably announce that pretty soon but it was really fun to watch I must admit hopefully once they refine it and make it a bigger production a bigger show it'll be much more enjoyable and the streams are good as well like Lando Norris's streams are. well I was going to talk about this because you wanted to talk about this as well with old Lando Norris Um, so I think, Courtney, perhaps you should probably talk about what Lando was doing before the races. So, yeah, he um, he, had, he had a massive glitch on his um, on his computer, which led to him being disqualified from qualifying. So whilst he was waiting for everything to reboot, he made a few calls. So I think he called Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, George Russell... Jarf, he called Jarf. Yeah, Jarf. Yeah, he, he's, he called, he's old race engineer. Jarf. Yeah, that's right. He called Jarf. <laughs> he's actually put a video up. He's, he's got he's, he's got his own um he's got his own YouTube channel now. It's called Lando Norris Plays. 
do subscribe. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely subscribe to that. Um, it's really funny. So, Jarv, um, the chief strategist, you know the guy that's on his stories all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he calls Zach Brown, the head of McLaren. No. Uh, George Russell. So, he, he made a few calls. I think I think I might actually have found something, because I'm just looking on Instagram at the moment. Uh, just see what Lando did. Oh, so, I've got something on here where... I think Lando Norris is uh, where he's calling to George Russell. So I'm just going to show you here. I'm going to play this on my phone. So bear with me if the quality of the sound's not great. Just have a listen. This was Lando on the phone. Hello. Hello, is this George Russell? I'm just about to start my race. Uh, and I'm starting last on the grid. I'm starting last on the grid. And I wanted to call the person who's got the most experience from the last year starting on the back row of the grid. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was just a little snippet of Lando being an absolute savage to George Russell, saying that I wanted to speak to the person that spent most of the time at the back of the grid. Now, that wasn't necessarily true because last season George Russell outqualified Robert Kubica in every single race. Last season. Uh, it was one of the only drivers to get 100%. I think Fernando Alonso did the same as Stoffel Van Dorn a couple of years ago in the McLaren. But he did some other phone calls like that. And I think Courtney put forward an idea to me. Now, he said to me, Ad, I've got an idea for you. And I was like doing my other job. And he was like, okay, what you got? And he said to me, talking about this issue, about this thing with Lando Norris, calling other drivers and random people during his stream. Why don't we try something like oh, that? Oh, please. Oh, this, this needs to be done. So... Bear with us, Courtney is now going to try and call a few <laughs> random people and they don't know that he's going to call them. So I will warn you now, we may have some uh, colourful choice of language. Hopefully we this won't. This could go really badly wrong, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see. I'll take my first contact. Oh, I bet he doesn't answer. I, I bet, I bet he lets me down. All right, let's put this on speaker. So yeah, sorry about the sound there, guys. Like a bit wobbles. That was Courtney on the table. He needs to get his hands off it. Hello, Mark. You're live on the DNF1 podcast. Please do not swear. You must be joking. I'm not joking. You're live on the podcast, mate. What do you have to say? Uh, why am I on the podcast? Because we're taking inspiration from Lando Norris's stream. From who? Lando Norris. Oh, no, this is going to get cut. You know this is going to get cut. No, you're in it, mate. You're in it. You're, no, you're... I, believe, I believe that completely, <laughs> but why? Why not? So, what's what's your opinion on F1 drivers doing esports during the coronavirus? Gotta keep entertained somehow, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. How are you getting on, Mark? How's what everything going? Doing? What? It's what footballers are doing with that Leighton Orient one. Oh, yeah, you, you had to bring an Orient. So, yeah, Mark's an avid Leighton Orient fan, so you had to bring that up. How are you, how are you coping with the old uh, coronavirus, mate? How are you dealing with it? Well, I haven't got it, so that does make it slightly easier. <laughs> That's a fair point. So are you gonna be yeah. watching you gonna be watching the F one esports races anytime soon? No. <laughs> Do you know what Mark? I'm so pleased I called you because I knew you'd give you'd give blunt answers. So uh Yeah, I just have a funny feeling that I'm just being used and you're I don't know which one of you can be Wiki Gervais and which one's going to be Stephen Merchant, <laughs> but let's be honest, that's what you're going for. Which one's <laughs> going to be Carl then, Mark? This is Adam, by the way. I gathered this was Adam. Who else would it be? Just to let you know, guys, we've known this guy for, what is it, uh, 16 years? More than that. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> this, this, is is co- this is what we've come to. This is, this is the integrity of broadcasting. This now that we've got no F1, no football, no rugby, no cricket... You know, you can't even do anything. You can barely go out and walk by the sounds of it. And this is what we were used to do. Oh, this is cool. Call- calling our mates to try and get content. Mark, Mark, you should feel you. You take it as a compliment that you was my second choice. Who was your first? Cameron. Uh, <laughs> I've known you this long. I've known you this long, and I'm your number two. Isn't it fair? Mark. It's not fair at all. Mark, when, 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 when all this blows over, I'll make it up to you and get you a drink, yeah? I need more than one drink. All right, um, then. I'm living on whiskey at the moment. It's the only thing I've got in that house. 
There you go, so that's, that's, that's the advice I've had to deal with this. Just go through your whiskey contents in the houses and we'll all be fine. Well, you can't all just blow, go down to the wind chest and wait for it to all blow over. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then, Mark, you take care. You stay, you stay safe, mate, yeah? Yeah, you too. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for taking part. You're yeah. a good sport, mate. Uh, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, mate. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Mark, our friend of, well, yeah, 16, There's 17 years. There's only one <laughs> Mark Smith. Wow, Mark Smith. Right, let's try again. Mark, Me. when you do eventually listen to this back, uh, this was Courtney's idea, and... Uh, you know, I did warn him, but so now Courtney's going to try and call his other mate. You can tell we're running out of ideas on this already. And this yeah, is good answer. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Cameron. You're live on the DNF One podcast. Please do not swear. Huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. What's your opinion on the old coronavirus business, mate? If you want to go on a rant, now's the time. Uh, not really, just can't wait for it to be done, innit? <laughs> what? Get yeah, done with, let's go on summer. Get on a summer vibe. What's your opinion? What's, what's your opinion on the uh, stockpilers down the supermarket? Well, I'm not allowed to swear, am I? Yeah, you can, you can. We, we can edit out the worst stuff. I think they're just selfish, you know? <laughs> you know that's not what you were saying to me the last time we spoke about it. You know, you know, you don't, you, you do know, you can like say however you feel, and then like if it's a bit too naughty, we can edit it out. You said watch your language, didn't you? Well, yeah. So I'm watching your language, aren't I? Well, try to go a little bit in between. Well, I don't think there is any in between, is there? Like? <laughs> have you been watching the uh, Have you been watching the Formula One esports series by any chance? Nah. Why? Why not? So it's online racing. Huh? It's online racing. So you know you have like the Formula One game. Until this is going well. Oh no 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 no! I ain't seen none of that. No. Why not? Why not? Don't watch it, do I? <laughs> <laughs> this is why. This is this is why I had to call this guy. I, I don't I don't watch racing, do I? Okay, so what you been doing instead? Well, is it is it is it is it anything like too like, you know? Bad to say working. online. I was working. What? What over the weekend? What you been? What? What yeah. kind of work? What kind of work you been doing, Cameron? You're working on that farm, isn't it? <laughs> we need to get this guy I'll as a guest. What, There's not a lot of people listening to this. Keeping your distance stuff, is it? No, exactly. And I went on a bit of a rant about that. I, I explained about the little rant that went on on Saturday about it. Uh, no, sort yourself out. There you go. <laughs> sort yourself out, people. No. Sort yourself out, people. That's the I message. Wanna, I want to I I go out in the summer. I don't want to stay indoors in the summer because people have been too lazy and not listening to what they're You know what? I, I, I think we could have saved ourselves a lot of time earlier on in the episode, Adam, and just put it that simply, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because <laughs> you're going to miss summer because you're, you're not listening. It's true. It's just going to keep going longer than it needs to go, you know what I mean? Hmm. Do you know what? Well spoken, Dad. Well spoken. Yeah. Right, you 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 stay safe, sunshine. Thanks, Cameron. Right. Oh, well, don't worry. Good luck. Enjoy. Right. Thanks. Thanks for being a good sport. Yeah. See you later, mate. Yeah. What? 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 See ya. I think we can safely say that's probably going to be the first and last time that we're going to do that. Yes, <laughs> you know what though, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think they enjoyed it as much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be listening to those calls, see how awkward they got, because that's what I wanted. I wanted the awkwardness, and that's what I got. Yeah, I think we need to take a page out of Lando's book and call people that are obviously familiar with F1 a bit more, <laughs> or have a stake in it where we can sort of make fun with it. Um, <laughs> although, as I said, we do appreciate Cameron and Mark's time. and uh, Thank you very much, yeah. lads. But also, yeah, so we had a couple of questions that a few fans have asked, so I'm just going to read now. So, had Merciful Bike, he asked us, when do we think the Formula One season is going to restart, if at all? So, Courtney, I'm going to ask you that one first. Jeez, um, do you know what? I'm going to be an optimist and say Silverstone. Hmm. 
I'm going to be an optimist. So, mid- to- so it's mid-July, the Silverstone, which yeah. I believe is probably the next race, actually. Uh, if the Canadian Grand Prix and the French Grand Prix yeah, does get cancelled, is. that is the next one. I'm. We've got to be optimistic. Yeah. I, know, I know we have to have a sense of realism, but let, let's be optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic and say Silverstone in July. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know, personally. I, I've got a funny feeling that we may get to a situation where we may not have enough races to actually make this worthwhile and just end, just skip the season altogether. I really do genuinely worry that that may be the road that we're going down, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, at this point, you're just going to have to just review the situation regularly uh, and just hope for the best, really. I mean, they've made provisions to, as I said, cancel the summer break. They've moved it all the way forward now. And also on top of that, to consider having two-day weekends rather than three and potentially having quadruple race weekends. So having four races one week after the other in succession before there's a break, just to get as much in as possible. I mean, we mentioned in the last one, I think the minimum number is required is around eight races a season. But I feel like unless you're going to get at least half the season in, I don't think they're even going to bother. Um, There's a money element of it to it as well. And teams can put those to better use for the 2021 cars that will come out in 2022, assuming the situation, hopefully it does, we we won't know. So, uh, got time for a few more questions. So the next question, now, this is an interesting one. Um, This one comes from Live and Let Race. And so thank you for your question, by the way. So Live and Let Race, he mentions the situation at Mercedes. Okay. And he's asking, coronavirus and everything else aside, the current situation at Mercedes with Valtteri Bottas in his seat. If Valtteri Bottas doesn't maintain retain his Mercedes seat, who would step in or who would you feel is the right uh, person to step in and do you also feel so sorry i'll rephrase that they ask two questions so one who do you think mercedes will p- pick to take over Bottas from uh-huh. Bottas, and also who would you want to see mercedes take over from Bottas? Well, i think george russell you think george russell yes. for your personal opinion or who you think mercedes will take i, I think a bit of both actually i think i think it could potentially be I just think it makes a lot of sense. Mm. You know, he's already, uh, he's already, you know, done a great job in what was the worst car last season. You know, and he's he's still, you know, fairly young. And I do feel there could be a situation where Lewis Hamilton pretty much like mentors George Russell before he retires. I think it'd be a nice story. Yeah, I mean. For me personally, I, I would like to see George have a go, mm. but if I'm brutally honest, I think Mercedes are kind of hindered by... Well, they're kind of limited by their options in terms of a support team. So right now, there's a situation where you've got the racing point cars. I'm going to become Aston Martin next year. Um, they've got Lance Stroll driving there, driving for his dad's team. You've also got Sergio Perez, brings a lot of money to the team, yeah. and is a very, very good driver in his own right. And we'll be looking to stay in that car for as long as he can, considering the development that that team's going to have in the next three or four years. So that means that there's not really a seat available for a Mercedes driver to assume into a B team, like Ferrari would have with Haas, or even Alfa Romeo, more likely in this case, or Red Bull have with Alfa Terry. Uh, Formula Tour also so because of that they're almost in a position where they've got two drivers in Esteban Ocon and George Russell right now where both of those will put forward a very reasonable claim that they could be taking over the next seat at Mercedes where it becomes available whether that's Bottas or even worse could be Lewis Hamilton we don't know me personally I would like to see George Russell get an opportunity but he's only been in the Williams for one year and we've not really seen George in a car that really can showcase his skills, even though we know how good he is from last season. We know if he was in a car like what Alex Albon had at the Red Bull or what Lando had in the McLaren, that George would have been up there with them, or if not that uh, better. Well, he, he, well, he beat the pair of them in F2. Absolutely, he was F2 champion yeah. uh, and quite dominant in that, in that regard as well. But having said all that, I do feel that there is more of a 
uh, a lean towards Esteban Ocon getting the nod. He's currently in the Renault. Of course, he hasn't driven for them yet. And Renault will have plans to want to keep him on long term because they have a very strong lineup in Ricciardo and Ocon. But you know that as soon as the Mercedes seat becomes available, Esteban Ocon is going to want of course. to join Mercedes. But then, do you feel they could be, you know, a Hamilton Rosberg part two with Ocon? Because I certainly feel like they would be. It's hard to say because Esteban Ocon had a big rivalry with Sergio Perez in the championship and that sort of went back and forth between them like mm. one didn't really dominate the other even though some people felt Ocon showed he had more pace but at the same time he did not avoid certain incidents and Mercedes would have been aware of this George Russell we've not really seen him in a position where he's having a real massive battle with his teammate Robert Kubica for all his talents and all his abilities that he once had is not the same driver that he used no. to be and George Russell at the same time we'll have a good challenge in Nicholas Latifi to see where he stacks up although we do expect George to be dominant once again and he's a big talent you know you can almost compare George's success in junior categories to what Lewis did when he went up the ranks and if George perhaps was in a similar level car to what Lewis drove in 2007 when Lewis arguably had the best car on the grid there's no reason why George Russell couldn't potentially put up a championship challenge as well mm-hmm, in sure. equal machinery. He's got all the hallmarks and all the abilities, even though Lewis was an incredible special talent at the time. Um, and he wasn't even supposed to be in that 2007 McLaren. There's a really interesting story about Pedro De La Rosa, who was meant to be the driver in the McLaren in 2007. But after the first test, when Lewis Hamilton drove in the car, Pedro straight away said, this guy is incredible. He needs to be in this car. Yeah. And in a way, gave up his seat to let Lewis drive. And the rest is history with Lewis Hamilton. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that usually happens. Similar story to other drivers like that, how they're getting. They're just so special, you can't hold them back. And George has got that ability. But I just feel Mercedes are going to go with Ocon if Bottas goes. If Hamilton goes, then we may end up with a situation when Mercedes may try to prize someone from elsewhere it'd be Verstappen like a Max Verstappen I don't know about Sebastian Vettel no no I think Mercedes are going to look more long term than Seb and I think as good a job I think Seb could do and win a world championship possibly in the Mercedes two things come into that one I think Vettel will stick to his guns and stay at Ferrari unless Ferrari push him out which I can't see happening Ferrari is the number one option sorry Vettel is the number one option for Ferrari and it's a case of just getting that contract signed in my mind the main, the main target would be Verstappen because I can't see Leclerc leaving Ferrari in this no and, and I don't see no reason why Charles Leclerc should leave no. Ferrari especially with new rule changes coming up there's just so many unknowns it's better to stick with what you're familiar with unless you know that one team is going to be amazing one team's not at this point we don't we're not really seeing a team go about the 2021 regulations and the way Mercedes went about before the turbo hybrid era came along and obviously Nicky Lauda's influence to bring in Lewis so, yeah, in my mind, I'd like to see Russell have a chance, but I just think it's going to be Ocon, more likely. So I think we've got time for one more question. Okay. And this one comes from uh, Max Verstappen fan 12561. I'm sure he has more fans than that. <laughs> but his question is, what has been your favourite Grand Prix that you've seen in your lifetime? Ooh, mate. Jeez. Do I do I be too mainstream and go for the predictable answer? I think you should go for what you think is right. Uh, and then give it a legit I'm, reason I'm, for I'm, it. I'm going to go for the one that comes to my mind straight away, and that would be Brazil 2008. Lewis Hamilton winning the World Championship. Oh, yeah. Is that why? Is that Glock? Yeah, that, that that's Glock? it. Right, it was... It was it was an emotional roller coaster. So on a personal level, I think I'm gonna go for Brazil two thousand and eight. But two thousand and sixteen in Brazil also was quite a special Grand Prix. Yes, yeah. But I'm gonna go for two thousand and eight Brazilian Grand Prix. Okay, fair enough. What about you, mate? So this one's a bit harder for me. Um you know, the year of Formula One that I first got into and followed so many great races. I think in terms of the sheer excitement and the unpredictability of this race and how it kind of all unfolded it has to be Canada 2011 old, old Jesse Button special when old JB yeah was last pitted six times even took Lewis out and Alonso for that matter 
and went on to win the race on the very last lap past Sebastian Vettel after he went wide and uh, yeah got caught on the grass looking a bit foolish so it's just the way the race unfolded I mean there's loads I could probably think of and if I had more time perhaps I could pull up a few I know a few in my mind come into like a few come into mind Japan 2000 Michael Schumacher winning third world championship Spain 1996 as well Michael Schumacher was fantastic in that race his first win for Ferrari in the wet which really cemented him as the true raid master Uh, I still consider him to be that even though Lewis Hamilton has been amazing in the wet we know Max is good but I mean Lewis if you look further back Senna yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't see. So you're I mean, basing, it, you're basing it on your memory. Exactly. Yeah, Senna. I saw him a lot in the wet, and he was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that race in Monaco in the wet, um, yeah. back in his early stages of career, the Tyrrell, when he, I think, it was second. He come. It was incredible. Uh, yes. Yeah. Back yes. in the eighties, it's such a good race and such a good drive from Ayrton. He really cemented his as one of the guys of the future, and obviously the rest was history for his career. So no, I'm going to say 2011. Okay. In, uh, in Canada J- Big JB winning the McLaren this is brilliant so um, yeah I think that's all the time we got. T- that's all we got time for actually so just want to thank you guys for listening in once again hope you're all doing well and safe thank you it was, heavy, it was quite a heavy episode so. yeah so they're not normally going to be like that it's just been a difficult week but so thank you to Courtney for offering his insight and joining me once again another great podcast uh, thank you as well we should say to our special guests Mark and Cameron <laughs> Um, I do apologise I'm very very much so for that uh, that was all Courtney's idea but I'm sure they contributed in their own way very very well do you know what I loved it in the way that we expected to be honest exactly yeah exactly um, that's just thumbs up the times so yeah so all that's left to say is take care guys um, if you are interested in following more esports stuff that's going on there's a couple of esports leagues that I commentate on that I talk about every week and those are the VRL underscore PS4 league uh, the F2 series I commentate on. I do sometimes work on the F1 league as well. But if you follow them on YouTube, it's uh, VR, it's Hot Lap Mode VRL PS4, and on Twitter it's VRL underscore PS4, and Instagram it's Vision Racing League, and also Formula Euro League as well. I also do a bit of work on Sundays. Oh, you're busy. Commentary. Yeah, yeah, busy guy on Sunday evenings on YouTube. So that's Formula underscore Euro underscore League, and their social media handles on Twitter and Instagram are the same as well. So that's all that's left for us to say is uh, take care, guys. Look after yourself, respect, and listen to the health advice given to you, and stay safe more than anything else. As for next week's episode, here we go. We've got something exciting that we want to do. So this is a new series that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're not going to say too much on it. We're just going to bid you adieu and just watch this outro. If you're watching us on YouTube, do watch the outro. If you are listening to this on Spotify, um, it's not going to be included on this episode. I do apologise, but do check out on YouTube for a bit of a teaser what we've got coming for you next week. See you then. See you later. Network.